0: Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 95. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at two thousand seven hundred dollars each. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's gravy. <laughs> Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me as I podcast from Nashville, Tennessee, the Bitcoin blockchain epicenter of the South. I'm your host, John Barrett, here each week with my good old dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. (laughs) We're two Bitcoin fanatics who love talking with people about Bitcoin and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Longtime listeners, thank you once again for supporting the show with your tips. And new listeners, we hope you enjoy the show. Today on the show, I feel privileged to be speaking with Dr. Julian Hosp, the co-founder and chief visionary officer of 10X. Located in Singapore, 10X provides solutions to some of the issues faced by those of us who have crypto asset portfolios or crypto folios, as I like to call them by providing a way for us to spend our assets easily. Join us now friends for another crypto journey here at the dawn of the age of cryptocurrencies. To welcome Dr. Julian Hosp. Dr. Julian Hosp wrote the white paper for 10x, and he is the Chief Visionary Officer. That's CVO, I think, for 10x. Dr. Hosp, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy.
1: John, it's such a pleasure to be on. Yes,
0: yeah, great to have you here. So, for listeners who have not been reading about 10x, uh, more exciting stuff coming. 10x is a Singaporean-based company whose goal is to provide a solution to the liquidity issue by providing debit cards to users for them to be able to spend their crypto assets and hey Julian this is really important to me because I have about 60 different crypto assets and so I really love this I've read your bio you were a professional kite surfer in your early years you're 30 are you 31 years old now is that right yeah correct Right. So you are ranked among the top 10 in the world kitesurfing. You've studied medicine. Um, you've worked as a trauma surgeon. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've, you've done a lot. And now you're in the tech world. You're living in Singapore and you've got 10x. Tell our listeners all about it, man. We're ready.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in 2011, when I was still working as a medical doctor, one of my patients um, that we did hill surgery on, he told me about this great investment that he had made, and it was Bitcoin. Hmm. And so this was the very first time I heard about it. But when I looked at it, I found it really fascinating. I was very interested. But the major thing that bugged me was that there was, I, I couldn't see how this would be usable. I, I thought there were too many hurdles for everyone to, to actually use this thing. And so that's why I just stayed on the sideline and, and paid attention to it. Um, I quit my medical career in 2012 and I moved to Hong Kong to become an entrepreneur because I, re- I, really, I was really open to all these new things. And I always kept paying attention to Bitcoin, but for me, this never changed. It was always, yeah, this is a great idea, but you can't really use it in everyday life. And uh, in to- end of 2014, I met my today co-founder, Toby who I met in Bangkok and he told me that he wants to make these Bitcoins spendable, usable everywhere. And I said, hey, this would be so awesome because this is exactly the vision I have. And so in 2015, together with uh, two other co-founders, we co-founded, back then the company was called OneBit, Um, because we were really focused on letting making bitcoin spendable through a debit card and we started working on this and in 2016 we realized that whoa, it's actually it's becoming more and more clear that bitcoin might not be the dominant kind of blockchain or the the dominant cryptocurrency there might be others that might be big big players Mm -hmm. and so we said okay let's not grow one bit at a time anymore let's let's not be one bit let's grow 10x let's think 10x and so that's why in 10x we had this big rebranding and then we started asking ourselves these questions how can we connect all these other assets into our system without having to develop a new tech system or without taking all the risk for our users that we have all these assets Mm -hmm. and so on the one hand we had this debit card as a front end that's really user-friendly and really easy but we wanted to have this really sophisticated back end that allows to connect any crypto asset. And so last year, we wrote this white paper on how we could connect blockchains, how we could add them all into the card, so that no matter what crypto asset a person is actually holding, they can just spend it through the debit card. Mm
0: -hmm. Nice. Now, this sounds really complicated. (laughs) I (laughs) I cannot even imagine how that is done. Can you give us just kind of a general idea without getting too technical of how this is done? Sure,
1: definitely. Um, Basically, it's not actually as difficult as one might imagine. There's some systems in there, as soon as this entire system gets more complex, that uh, we still have to solve certain steps along the way basically what it allows is we had two options to do this the one was to make one large blockchain like this mother of all blockchain and connect all the other blockchains to this larger blockchain this route is an, a route that i think some companies are going and i think it might be a successful route we just don't think it's going to be the uber successful route i think there will be other options and i know ripple for example is working on like an interledger um w- with, we've been talking to lightning network Raiden network on a Ethereum, all these guys, are, I think, are working on something similar. And so for us, what we want to work on is direct connections between the blockchain. So it's through smart contracts. Basically, you find an agreement with a person on the other side of another blockchain. You shake hands and you're like, OK, I'm going to put in a Bitcoin if you put in an X amount of Ether. And the other person agrees and you shake hands. And then this is basically locked in and even though you don't own the Ether, it's locked in a smart contract that you can can control. And so at the end of the day, it comes down to not owning every other crypto asset that you would need, but controlling it, being in charge. And that's basically the, the rough overview of how this would work.
0: I see. And obviously when that happens, that's happening very quickly so that there can be yeah. lots of transactions per second, right? That's the goal, right?
1: Correct. So that would be milliseconds. So obviously like the shaking hands and stuff takes is, is really, really rapidly. For example, for the technical folk, folks here listening, I mean, it's hash time, lock contracts that are working in this multi-signature accounts that work in these kind of concepts. You open these, you, you couple them where you say, okay, I'm going to put in my Bitcoin, you put in the ether and then we swap if one party... Tries tries to cheat, these contracts make sure that no one gets to cheat without being totally punished. And it goes really, really fast. So one of the challenges we are looking into right now is, of course, spamming the network um, so that uh, people can't spam. Another one is routing. So that, let's say, you all you want to do is you want to spend Bitcoin, but you don't own any Bitcoin. Let's say you own Ether, you own Dash, you own Litecoin, but you don't own any Bitcoin. So the system would have to give you the best answer or an optimal answer on which of those currencies would make sense right now for you to use. Because you would have the fastest access to Bitcoin, it would be really cheap, literally Really nil cost. So th- the routing of, of this is, is a challenge that we're working on right now.
0: Right. Yeah. So costs. Let's talk about costs, right? Someone wants to shake hands with someone else. I've got some Bitcoin, they've got some Dogecoin, what have you. What kind of costs are we looking at in terms of transaction costs?
1: I mean, this is gonna go to zero. It's a competitive market. Anyone can offer it to someone else. So mm-hmm. anyone can become like a small handshaker, a small exchange. And with this, there's going to be massive, massive competition. Obviously, this competition is going to grow. Um, Mm -hmm. We're not there yet where we can say, okay, we have this really massive competition. This is a step-by-step growth. But then, I mean, it would literally go to close to zero. I mean, with probably like 10 digits. So this card, this 10X card, is it available now? (laughs) It is all around the world. The only country right now that we are excluding is the US. Um, (laughs) That's not a technical reason. That's a pure legal reason. We just want to solve some legal things, especially with the US, um, to protect the rest of our users, to protect the company until we move forward and and really offer it to the US as well.
0: Yeah, it seems like with a lot of things the US is just kind of waiting and you know, when I look at the reasons why and we don't have to get into this because it's of course very political and in getting into economics, but you know, the US is the reserve currency of the world and that's not always going to be that way. We know, you know, those of us in the space and in the know, we know that that's not always going to be that way. I think that there are still some old dudes, some crusty old dudes in Washington who still believe that it's always going to be the you know reserve currency of the world but i think that is always a catalyst for so many of the fears that regulators have and politicians have in the united states that that power you know may get taken away from them and in fact that power is being stripped from them so that, i think that's their reticence i think that's the reason um, although the excuses that are always used are we're protecting you we are protecting you anti-money laundering know your customer uh, terrorism we're trying to stop we're trying to save the children once again so anyway um that's that's fascinating. So, OK, this card now, you know, could I get a card today if I wanted to get a 10x card? Can I have one and start using it? How's that work? Let's say yep. I, I'm in I'm in uh, Switzerland or I'm in Canada yeah, or Canada. Right. You, <laughs> a little closer. Well, Mexico, Canada, Mexico, right. <laughs> <laughs> Almost anywhere in North America. <laughs> OK, so I, I can I get this? Can I go to Mexico and start using this card tomorrow?
1: Um, Yeah, so what we would do is um, you would download our app. At the moment, we only have the Android app available. But if you download our Android app, you go in there, you, you can use the app and everything. But then it says order a card. You click on ordering the card. We charge you for the physical card. We charge you 15 US dollars. You can pay in Bitcoin, Ether, Dash, mm-hmm. uh, or what you like. Um, you, you need to have these funds on there. So we have a wallet in there. You put the money in there. You pay for the 15 US dollars in the currency you want to pay. If you just want to have a virtual card that it's just on your phone that you mainly use for your online purchases, then we would charge you a dollar fifty. And yes, um, we ship within, depending on where you are. I mean, if you're somewhere a bit remote, it might take you seven to 10 days to receive everything. If it's a bit more central, then uh, three days to receive it.
0: Okay. So, you know, listeners, if you don't want to have the physical card, you don't have to. You can have the virtual card on your Android or iPhone. Is that right?
1: iPhone, not yet. So the iPhone version will come out end of July, beginning of August. iOS is, again, is way more difficult with a lot of things than uh, Android is.
0: Right, right. They're part of the fascist regime. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm joking. Apple, Apple. Hey I'm, us- hey, I'm using an Apple computer right now. I can't I can't really believe that, can I? Or can I? Uh, <laughs> so, um, so listeners, you know, using a VPN that makes it look like you're in Switzerland, you could probably get one of these virtual cards on your Android device. It's a possibility. I'm just trying to think outside of the box here but anyway because i want one of these cards man and i've got a friend in canada maybe i could work something out so what else 10x is not just this card is it what else is 10x
1: correct so for us the card thing and i think that's what's the real strength so the card thing is the front end for us the Mm -hmm. front end solves a problem to a lot of crypto users right now i mean at the moment i don't know the exact statistic maybe you know it better i think it's around five million crypto users around the world um what's your what your yeah. take or would you have a better number?
0: No, that's about what I hear,
1: yeah. Yeah. So out of these 5 million, I think most of these 5 million have the same problem. First of all, it's really difficult to buy cryptocurrencies in many parts because like, exchanges are really limited. Yep. But once you actually have them, then suddenly you're kind of locked in this environment. And some people make great profits from trading. Some people, I don't know, have a good investment in something. And suddenly they have all these crypto assets and they can't use them. Mm-hmm. For other people, it is they don't trust their local currency and for them, it's just they want to get away from the local currency, and they want to get into Bitcoin or Dash or any other cryptocurrency. And but then they can't use it, mm-hmm. and so the front end is just solving a very straightforward problem for these people. Mm-hmm. But. We believe that this front end is a race to the bottom over the next probably 10 years, simply because payments are going to go, cost for payments going to go to zero. Adoption of cryptocurrencies will grow. So the question is going to be, why would anyone still want to pay with a MasterCard, a Visa card, or any debit card in, let's say, 10 years, mm. if most of the systems, and that's just what we at 10X believe, will have some version of a crypto. Connection point mm. similar like the internet. Uh, I don't know 20 years ago at the beginning. No one had email right and you still had to use snail mail And then at some point today like everyone just sends emails. Yeah, right And so for us the back end that we are working on I mean none of the back end is like fully developed yet um, Obviously, but we're working on that. That's what we're really proud of and that's the a system called Comet C-O-M-I-T mm-hmm. and it basically means there's a, a cryptographically secure network That can go cross-chain, can connect any blockchain, and that basically, even if the debit card or credit card or any kind of payment service out of the fiat world goes away, it would allow to connect all these things, and we could still make a very good profit out of that. And I think that's the long-term, really important kind of thing to have
0: i see i love it okay so walk us through this let's say i'm in canada right now and i have one of these cards and i'm just holding it in my hand i just got it and then over on let's say poloniacs for instance or on a coinomi app on my phone i have let's just keep it simple i have 10 different crypto assets i've got zcash i've got litecoin i've got ethereum classic i've got doge bitcoin and i've got 10 i've got 10 of these and i want to somehow use your card what's the process and what's the thing that you can tell our listeners that's going to make them feel safe about using the card because it sounds to me like i'm going to have to somehow get these assets over to the card over to that app and that represents a certain kind of risk to me that you know the same risk in a sense that i feel even having (laughs) any crypto asset any altcoin on Poloniex, because we've seen so many bad things happen with exchanges, right? But what's my assurance? What makes me feel confident that I can somehow get these cryptos over into the card? And how do I do that?
1: So at the moment, I have to admit that for us, we're working with Bitco. So we have all our private keys outsourced, basically. So we don't own the private keys, but we use a a company called Bitco, which is like an industry standard. Mm -hmm. At the moment, our wallet is not open source. So one thing I have to say is that right now, if you are really concerned about having everything open source or you don't want to put anything somewhere in where you don't control the private key, then I would say only put in the amount that you want to spend right away. Hmm. So the way would be you have the money on Polo or A wallet that you trust, where you know you own the private key and everything is open source, just put in, I don't know, a tenth of a Bitcoin because you know in this afternoon you're gonna go and have a coffee in town or something. And then that's all you would do, right? At, At the moment. We are planning on open sourcing everything with you being in control of the private keys beginning of next year. Mm. Um, the reason we don't do it right now is because we need to have some head start to competitors. So it's a bit of a, a, a scale on the one hand. Yes, we want to be open source and yes, we want to offer everything to our customers, but on the other hand, we also need to think a bit of our competitors. Yes. Uh, the process is super simple. Basically, you have a wallet with us, just like you would have a wallet, let's say at Polo or or somewhere else where you see the address, you mm-hmm. fund it, it's in there. It just depends on the block confirmations when it's in there. I mm-hmm. mean, if you use Ether, it's a bit faster than if you use Bitcoin, Litecoin is faster than Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and then it's in there, you can transfer it out as well. Um, there's no limitations on that. We, It's just you go in and out as much as you want, mm-hmm. and then as soon as the funds are in and are confirmed. On Bitcoin, we use a five block confirmation and it's confirmed. Well, then you are set to go. You can just use your card. You have all the functionalities in the app, so you can limit the card to say, okay, I'm going to block my card right now um, because I'm not going to spend anything. You can limit it to certain online, offline things. That's totally up to you.
0: Okay, yeah, I like it. Now, you know, there are two different worlds. One is the world of Visa card, where if something goes wrong, there are chargebacks, and you can appeal to the company, and you can plead your case, and they'll help you out usually. Uh, And then, you know, there are Bitcoin companies where, you know, you're buying gold or silver. And if there's any kind of a problem, they'll usually work with you. And then there are Bitcoin transactions, you know, between from person to person. And once that is sent, there's no getting it back unless you can negotiate with the person if you know the person, right? So where in that continuum does 10X, does the 10X card stand? Let's say there's some problem or all of a sudden I'm like, man, I, I know I had $30 in my Dogecoin wallet, but today it looks like I I only have 20, you know, is there any customer service or anybody that I can speak with about that that would, you know, an email address or something that would, you know, help to quell my fears at the front end before I start using this, any kind of customer service that's offered or, you know, way to get funds back if anything goes wrong. And I, I only say this, not that something would go wrong, but just people like to know where they stand when they begin this, right?
1: I mean definitely I mean if things can go wrong they will go wrong right this That's is right. Uh, a hard fact so of cu- of course so we have at the moment we are 12 people in our team two of us are pure customer support community management seven of us are developers so If you have any problem on the crypto side, then, uh, of course, we would really go in there and look what happened, what went wrong. Mm -hmm. If you have some refunds on the fiat side, then uh, we are in talks with MasterCard and with Visa, with our card issuers, make sure what's happening there. So far, we have never had any problems where we couldn't figure out which side was having the problem or where did the refund come from or what was the challenge. I think so far, everything has been going well. Our team is really, really high-end on that. And we always look for uh, helping the consumer, obviously. This episode of Bitcoins
0: and Gravy is brought to you by our good friends at moonshinebootwax.com. Made by hand in small batches right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is a proprietary blend of American beeswax and other fine all-natural ingredients. It's specially formulated to feed and protect your leather while also offering an excellent long-lasting shine. Whether it's your cowboy boots, your expensive wingtips, or your wife's favorite pumps, Moonshine Boot Wax is a must-have for gentlemen who care about their appearance. Moonshine Boot Wax is proud to partner with Community Food Advocates, a non-profit organization working to end hunger by creating a healthy, just, and sustainable food system. Together with Community Food Advocates, Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax is making a positive difference in the Nashville community, one shine at a time. You can buy your very own 4-ounce tin today by going to moonshinebootwax.com, and best of all, you can pay you. Using Bitcoin. So now on the credit card end of it, you know, it's really a debit card, I guess. But on the debit card end of it, it's utilizing the tech
1: from Visa and from MasterCard. Is that right? Correct. So basically the way it works is when you put in crypto funds into 10x, we are one of the very few cards in the world that actually leaves your funds in crypto. So we're not going to change it into fiat when you actually use your card that very moment the merchant communicates with mastercard or visa gives them the quote in us dollars and then the merchant tells us how much they want and basically we go mostly we go to polo sometimes we go to kraken sometimes we go to coin it depends a bit on the liquidity as well mm-hmm. we check with them what's the conversion rate live for your crypto into us and then we do the conversion live we don't charge any fees on that, no FX fees, no transaction fees, because we do get a kickback from MasterCard or Visa, which is 2%, and we can buffer that from there. So let's imagine you are spending 100 US dollars, or let's say 100 Canadian dollars. Let's not talk in the in, in, in US. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into legal hot waters. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> so let's say you're spending $100. It's just dollars. $1. So $100. And then the merchant will tell Visa, hey, this is, I'm not going to care about the conversion rate right now, but let's say this is like a quarter of an Ether. And so, okay, so this is what Visa is going to tell us. We need a hundred dollars and we know, okay, we need to get a quarter of an ether and we're going to switch that for you. Mm -hmm. So we take a quarter of an ether out of your account, switch it on Polo, and then give it straight away to MasterCard Visa. And basically that's the flow and we don't have to pay the full amount to MasterCard or Visa, we pay 2% less, which is what we keep. And then what happens is we give 0.1% of the entire spending volume, we give back to the consumer, so the consumer gets a small kickback. We give these in so-called pay tokens, pay P-A-Y. And another 0.5% of our entire transaction volume, we spread over everyone who owns our pay tokens. Mm. So um, yeah, we really want to make people have an incentive on using our system, being part of the 10X family and yeah, that's kinda of the idea of this.
0: I see, nice, you know, now on the subject of taxation, which a lot of people in the Bitcoin world hate to talk about, but it, you know, it has to be addressed. Of course, the U.S. government right now considers cryptocurrency to be real property. Other countries are thinking of it in different ways. Of course, it's now legal tender in Japan, which is very interesting. I know that when someone holds Bitcoin, you can have a Bitcoin that you got many years ago and it was worth a dime. And today it's worth, you know, $2,700 per Bitcoin. And, you know, you don't have to pay any taxes on that. That Bitcoin could eventually be worth a million dollars and you still wouldn't have to pay any taxes on it until the day that you decide to take a little bit of that Bitcoin and buy some Ethereum or to buy some Litecoin, right, or to sell a little bit of that, you know, through Coinbase or what have you. As soon as you do that, then you have to pay, currently, in the U.S., capital gains, short-term or long-term capital gains on real property, right, the same as you would for a stock certificate or if you had a painting or if you had a sculpture that you were selling, same thing. Also for, you know, land and real estate, I believe. But, you know, in each one of these transactions, if I have this card and I have, let's say, 10 different altcoins on there when i go to spend you know ten dollars out of my doge coin wallet let's say for lunch where is the tax burden in liquidating some of that doge or some of that litecoin or some of that bitcoin
1: so that's a really interesting question right and it's really fascinating you bring it up and i am not a legal expert and i'm not a tax expert so And I always say this in every webinar I give and when this question comes up, so I always tell you, assume that everything I say right now is completely wrong. And I really (laughs) want to stress that. So assume everything I say right now is completely wrong. Because honestly, this is all I tell you right now. It's just what I hear from people who think they have an opinion on this. But I hear this opinion quite a lot. But assume everything is wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a very interesting concept. Imagine you are a U.S. citizen and you buy Canadian dollars, mm-hmm. and you hold these Canadian dollars, and suddenly these Canadian dollars double in value. So you bought it when it was parity, so you invested a US dollar, you got a Canadian dollar, mm-hmm. but now suddenly, if, if you would, now you're not doing, but if you would, switch your Canadian dollar back into US dollars, you would get two US dollars for it. So in theory, mm-hmm. you would have to pay capital gains tax on a 100% return, Yes, because your Canadian dollars just doubled. Now here's the question. You go to Canada, so you, you actually go to Canada, and you go and you buy something there with your Canadian dollars, would you have to pay capital gains tax on that? You buy actual goods. You buy bread, you you buy fuel, you buy something there. Do you have to pay capital gains on that? As far as I understand the taxation system, and again, I'm probably totally wrong on this, you wouldn't have to because you're actually not changing the Canadian dollar into another currency, you're actually buying something with it. And if there was taxation on that, I mean, it would drive everyone insane because currencies fluctuate every single day. So the moment you buy a foreign currency when you travel, for example, and then let's say an hour later, there's a small fluctuation in the currency already to the currency you bought it with. I mean, it would drive everyone insane because taxation would be a total nightmare on these things, right? right? But again, I'm probably totally wrong on this
0: but you're talking about, are you going to have to pay a capital gains or an income tax on that transaction? And I agree with you. I think the answer is no.
1: Correct. So obviously you would pay, of course, you pay a sales tax in Canada or whatever tax they have there for the goods, but the capital gains or an income tax, well, I don't know. I have never heard of one in this case, right? But again, I'm not an expert, so I'm probably totally wrong. Now, here's the other question. The Canadian dollar is only officially accepted in Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, suddenly we have cryptocurrencies that are accepted, well, wherever, but in theory all around the world and beyond In if wherever we are going as a human species. Yes, so yes. if you buy these Bitcoin and whatever you bought it at, let's say you bought it at 1000 US US Bitcoin, and suddenly this Bitcoin goes up to $2,700. Mm-hmm. Now, if there is a way how you can use your Bitcoin directly to buy Bitcoin, bread, to buy your fuel, to, to pay for your clothes, to pay for electricity, to pay for something, just like when you buy the Canadian dollar, why would there be a sales tax or why would there be a capital gains or an income tax on it?
0: Yeah, I, I agree.
1: Yeah. So the question is, can a company offer that? And as far as we have heard from many, many people looking at how our system exactly works, You as a consumer, you never spend fiat through us. All you spend is you buy Ether, you buy your Bitcoin, you buy Dogecoin, you buy whatever you own, Litecoin. And that's what you spend at the merchant. And that's what the app shows you. We don't show you how much fiat you owe us. We show you how much crypto you owe us. Now, again, I'm Mm. probably totally wrong on this, but I have heard a couple of very interesting opinions on the taxation, on what we do. And again, it probably takes some court ruling on if you have to pay capital gains or if you don't with this exact model. I think if a court rules that there's a taxation on this, I think international travel and any remittance and any international kind of spending is going to get a nightmare in general. Mm -hmm. But Bitcoin or Dogecoin or Litecoin or Ether or Dash or whatever is an international tender almost. It's not a, a local tender. And so that's why we... Yeah, going to see some very interesting development in that.
0: Yeah, I think so. And also there's mixing, <laughs> you know, services that will mix the coins and then there are a lot of coins coming out that we will be able to use them completely anonymously. So there's lots of really interesting things coming along that are like advanced forms of shape shift that, you know, are going to be completely unseen and completely opaque to anybody except for the person and unknown except for the person using those in the same way that someone would cut my lawn and I would give them a $20 bill. Nobody knows about that transaction. It's completely anonymous. You know, in terms of the taxation, I do know that if I had a piece of land or if I had a sculpture and I traded that sculpture for somebody's painting, I'm supposed to pay taxes on that as a barter. One piece of real property for another piece of real property. I'm supposed to pay taxes on that barter. People barter things all the time. In fact, people really don't know, especially in the United States, how much of the world's economy is based on barter, right? And based on things that are not considered legal tender or fiat currency. So there's so much of the economy that's already functioning this way. And I think we're going to see much more of that. So yeah, it is really interesting and take something like Bitcoin and all of these other cryptocurrencies, they have no borders. And I, I have no idea where it's going to go. I like the idea of you said all around the world or wherever we go from here. I had this image of people spending Bitcoin on the lunar (laughs) communities that will be there. I'm sure undoubtedly one day, unless we blow ourselves up, you know.
1: One thing, John, I want to add is, I mean, we always advise and, and I really want to stress that, like, even though I'm telling all this story always better safe than sorry. You know, it's not worth like money laundering, tax evasion, all these things. That's one of the worst things in the world you can do. So always be better safe than sorry. And I really want to stress that point here because I would never ever want to, just because I tell this story, have someone who gets in trouble because of listening to this. So always be better safe than sorry. I think that's so important. I agree. You know,
0: I really always think back to Al Capone. It's like he did all of these horrible things and they tried to tie him to these murders and to this racketeering and all these horrible crimes that are obviously completely illegal, and they couldn't really catch the guy, right, because he was too slick, and his attorneys were too slick and everything else, and he paying off judges and everything. And they finally got him on income tax evasion, right? Then he yeah. died. I think, <laughs> hey, I think he died in prison of syphilis or something. But anyway, so that's the lesson out there, guys. You know, listeners don't get involved in tax evasion and don't get syphilis, right? But um, <laughs> 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 but anyway, um, so yeah, I think you've laid out really well how this card works and um, i'm going to try to see how sneaky i can get and get a hold of one of these cards just so i can hold one in my hand because you know just having the card itself even if i never use it for anything i like to have these things as mementos and i like to have these things as you know who knows man maybe someday this card one of the original ones could be worth some money 10 or 20 years from now i like to have these collectibles in the bitcoin world very exciting i still have one of the very first ledger the Nano, before it was the Nano S, that was given to me by David Bailey of BTC Media here in Nashville. And I have some t-shirts and I have some early Bitcoin magazines. And I mean, none of it's worth anything, but you know, 50 years from now, it might be. So I'm going to work on getting one of these 10X cards. And now you guys have a crowdfunding or something coming up. And I don't know if this episode, listeners, is going to come out before this event
1: or after this event, but what is coming up here? What is it on the 24th of June this month? 24th. Yeah. Let's assume it comes out afterwards um, because we have so much attention for our token sale already. Yes, so yes. even if you listen to it afterwards, I think it's totally fine. Basically what we're doing is we really want to strengthen the community. And so on the one hand, we want to create this pay token that I mentioned before, that is a an incentive for people to actually use our card. So when you use our card, 0.1% will be kicked back to you through this pay token. We, as a company, we have to buy this pay token from someone else. So we buy this from someone else in the community. It's a limited amount of pay tokens, so we can't generate them Mm -hmm. anymore. So basically we're having this token sale on June 24th. It's at 9 AM Eastern standard time. And. It basically allows people to swap their Ether or any other cryptocurrency into these pay tokens. Mm -hmm. Um, The reward or the incentive of holding such a pay token is that all the token holders together get 0.5%, so half a percent Mm -hmm. of the entire transaction volume that goes through the 10x payment system, and it gets spread out over these token holders. At the beginning, we're probably going to pay it out every day, over time, through the smart contracts, it should be able to be done every hour, which is mm. going to be really cool because yeah. you hold these pay tokens and every hour you get a little bit of Ether. So we pay the reward in Ether. You get a little bit of reward of Ether into your account. Mm. Um, you can use these pay tokens, obviously, to spend it through our card. The pay tokens hopefully appreciate in value because we are increasing our uh, revenue with customers. We're having more and more customers. And uh, you getting the pay token as a reward when you use it yourself. Obviously, we have to buy it from someone else, so there's always a little bit of price support, hopefully, as as much as we can do for our community. So we're really excited about this. Hmm. We have a lot, a lot of demand, and uh, we're really excited for the 24th. If you listen to this before the 24th, sure, have a look. If you look at it afterwards, we are already talking to three to four really large exchanges all around the world that have shown interest to list our tokens there, so you might want to get it. We're going to have wallets where you can hold this, Um, and then of course order our cart and try everything out yourself and make any of your crypto assets spendable instantly.
0: Nice, and you said there are going to be a limited number of these tokens, is that right? How many?
1: Correct. Um, so we can't define the number right now because it depends on the bonus that people get on the time frame. Okay. Now the maximum amount, so let's say everyone gets the maximum bonus, which is what we assume, but of course no one can predict the future, it would be 165 million of the tokens. Okay, okay. Sounds and good. that's the cap. They, they can't be created afterwards. It just depends on what's the bonus of the people. There's a bonus system during the, the token swap. So, um, yeah. Okay,
0: yeah, that's Saturday the 24th. So I'm excited. I'm going to actually try to get some of these tokens, man. Listeners, you've been listening to Dr. Julian Hosp, who is the chief visionary officer and the author of the white paper for 10X. Dr. Hosp, or... I can call you Julian, right? Please call
1: me Julian. <laughs> Dr. Haas, I always feel like I have this white coat on and I'm still dealing with patients, so I'm Julian. Nice. Hey,
0: <laughs> hey, Julian, thank you so much for joining me today on Bitcoins and Gravy and all the best to you and I hope to uh, hook up with you here sometime in the future.
1: Hey, have a really nice day or nice evening and uh, we stay in touch.
0: Okay, you too. Thanks, man. Bye.
1: Cheers. Bye-bye. bye <laughs> bye
0: I'd like to thank my guest on today's show, Dr. Julian Hosp. Julian, thank you for taking time to talk with us today. And thank you so much for all you do for the crypto space. And most recently, for providing something valuable that we've all been hoping to see for a long time. And an extra special thanks to our sponsor Moonshine Cowboy Boot Wax, the original all-natural, non-toxic boot wax with a scent of orange. The Nashville Wax Company is now offering Moonshine Miracle Residue Remover for removing stubborn, sticky stuff. It's like Goo Gone but without the petroleum-based chemicals. All Moonshine products are 100% natural and are available at 15 different fine retail outlets in the nashville area including the country music hall of fame store in the elegant omni hotel to order a tin of moonshine boot wax or a four ounce bottle of moonshine miracle residue remover stay where you are that's right without even getting up out of your chair just go to moonshinebootwax.com use your credit card Or your debit card or better yet pay the modern way with bitcoin that's right bitcoin the modern way to pay at moonshinebootwax.com and finally i'd like to thank my loyal listeners that's you for tuning in and for giving me such great feedback about the show your comments in the show notes are always appreciated as are the tips that you send to my bitcoin wallet listen i'm a hard-working guy with two jobs and without a lot of money so every little bit counts even a 50 cent tip or a dollar tip sent to my wallet goes a long way to making me feel that doing this podcast on a volunteer basis is worth it it also helps keep the lights on and coffee in the kettle signing off now from nashville tennessee the bitcoin blockchain epicenter of the south I'm John Barrett, the host of Bitcoins and Gravy, here each week with my trusty dog, Maxwell, right by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) Until next week, friends, remember that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. So do something that you love and that helps other people and be proud of it. Have a great week, everyone.
2: and there's plenty of room for all well Satoshi Nakamoto that's a name I love to say and we don't know much about him but he came to save the day when he wrote about the way things are and the way things ought to be he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen a bit As you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain Gonna rain till everybody knows Everybody knows till everybody knows your name the bankers count our money out for every government oh bitcoin flies on through the skies of virtuality a promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny oh bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain oh bitcoin i know you're going to rain gonna rain till everybody knows everybody knows till everybody knows your name Everybody knows, everybody knows, and everybody knows you. Give me some exposure. Everybody knows your name, sing it. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. Oh, Lord, before I have to go. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. Oh, Lord, before I have to go. There.
1: Here. are you located in nashville i'm in nashville tennessee yeah no way i went to high school in nashville i was in nashville christian school you're yeah. kidding that's crazy wow four, four <laughs> years yeah it was a really great Uh-oh. time i'll be there in uh end of August uh, or the 21st, cause you guys are gonna have solar eclipse and I'm gonna go and see all my friends and family and I'm gonna combine it with a solar eclipse.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, that's really cool. I forgot about that. That's near my brother-in-law's birthday. You still have family or friends here, I assume, right?
1: Yeah, a lot, yeah.
0: Wow, wow, that is really cool. I had no idea. Yeah, you know, John Riggins with BTC Media, who's in China now uh, stationed there, he's living there. Um, he's the one that introduced me to you yep. and told me about 10X. And so that was a great introduction by way of BTC Media. Um, yeah. Thanks a million, man. I really appreciate your time.
1: John, you too. Would really love to see you at one point, invite you for a beer or something and uh, catch up. Hey, have a nice evening there in Nashville. And, um, yeah, let me know when the episode comes out. I'd definitely love to share it with my entire network as well. And, um, yeah, the entire community. Um, yeah, we have a lot of people who are behind us. So
0: I will definitely let you know the day before the episode comes out. Cool. Sounds really great.
1: Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye
3: here's the thing i want to shift the conversation slightly because i think it's wrong to think about cryptocurrencies displacing fiat or measuring cryptocurrencies against the fiat they displace that i think is not the right way to look at it any more than we would look at the internet and say well how many phone lines and fax machines, has the internet displaced? Well, it hasn't really displaced them. What it did was it rendered the entire paradigm obsolete, and made the very measurement of internet, in terms of phone lines and fax, ludicrous and irrelevant. And so the question is, When do we start measuring Bitcoin, not in terms of it being worth $450, but in terms of one Bitcoin being worth one Bitcoin, and in terms of Bitcoin not displacing economic activity in fiat, but essentially enabling completely new models of economic activity that have nothing to do with the old paradigm and cannot even be measured in terms of the old paradigm. We're currently measuring cryptocurrencies in terms of the old paradigm because that's the context we have. And that's a bit like saying that the total value of the internet is the number of the users times how much they're paying for their DSL and cable modem connections, or how many bricks and mortar stores it's replaced. And again, that's completely missing the point. It enables entirely new ways of communicating. Well, Bitcoin enables entirely new ways of economic transactions and economic activity. From that perspective, I think it's wrong to look at whether a nation or a significant percentage of population... have adopted Bitcoin. Let's look more at the possibility of having the first transnational community... of economic activity on the internet that is independent of nation states and that exhibits elements of sovereignty through financial purchasing power on its own without the use of a sovereign currency. Uh, So that is far more interesting to me because it completely renders the old paradigm irrelevant and makes it unnecessary to measure ourselves by those metrics. I think one of the key things we're going to see is Bitcoin affecting some of the core capabilities within the internet. For example, monetizing and rewarding the creation of content, as well as building and paying for infrastructure... for internet connectivity, by making that infrastructure productive in terms of economic activity, because it now carries a currency over it. The other big milestones for me are the ability to disrupt the remittances market, enabling the transnational flows of currency from migrant workers to their home countries and families, which can have a very, very significant and immediate impact on poverty around the world, because that's one of the most exploitative markets in financial services. And the third one is enabling um, essentially uh, cryptocurrency IPOs, where companies anywhere in the world can make public offerings of crypto stocks available to investors anywhere in the world without any barriers to entry and creating completely new economic activity by allowing for direct investment. So peer-to-peer payments, peer-to-peer remittances, peer-to-peer crowdfunding as some of the first three major milestones for cryptocurrencies. (laughs) Whoa, (laughs)